This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jake E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story. It's been two whole weeks since Dominaria United hit the shelves, so of course we have two more supplemental products coming out already. This product pacing is no joke. No, it is not. There are jokes aplenty in one of the products, but we'll cross that planar bridge when we get there. As long as the bridge has railings, we don't want to fall into the mana vortex, though it would love for us to do so. Of course it would. And why wouldn't it? Haven't I always said it was all-consuming? Yes, you certainly have. Anyway, this fall is full of new cards, some Warhammer, some Unfinity. The only important details of the Warhammer 40k decks are the mechanics and some landmark cards, so we'll dive into the new Unfinity cards first. First up, the Box Toppers! If there's one thing Magic players love, it's cracking packs. One way we've always been rewarded for buying full boxes is with box topper cards. This set goes above and beyond with these bonuses, giving a borderless traditional foil shockland featuring planetary artwork. These arts really go to infinity and beyond. Eh. What? You know what? I'm almost positive I don't. But moving on, there's yet another new foil treatment in this set, playing on the space theme by using the title Galaxy Foil. The Galaxy Foils appear to show stars in the background of the cards on which they appear, giving it an extraterrestrial appearance. Man, I haven't seen that movie in years. Nobody cares, Jank. Ouch. You're only saying that because you've never seen it. I don't like media. You know that this podcast counts as a form of media, right? This is different. Sure it is. We already knew some cards from this set would be legal in eternal formats, so long as it didn't have the acorn stamp on the bottom of the card. But there's a new magic subtype that will be both on the acorn and non-acorn cards. Attractions! Attractions fill a slot that was occupied by contraptions back in Unstable, and will function in a side deck just like the contraptions. Specific cards will tell you how and when to either open or visit attractions, and the abilities on them will vary wildly. But can we build monstrous pseudo-steampunk devices out of them? No. What fun is that, then? The fun of doing wild and crazy things that break the game entirely like just about every unset. They're toning it down so it can be in black border. Ergo, it seems like attractions are just good, fair magic. And why are you the one who's allowed to do that? Do what? You know what. I genuinely don't, but I do know that in addition to the art treatments we already told you about back when Unfinity was first discussed, there will now be a version of The List that contains cards from Unset's past. The List again. The List the true list, the one list, the list that is eternal, the terrible beacon of the mana vortex, the sign it has subverted wizards of the coast. I really don't think that's what the list is. And how would you know? Have you ever met Rosewater or Verhey? Your imaginary monsters are not possessing people. 
Just wait until they come for you. Then you'll know better, but it will be too late. And now to discuss the mechanics for both this and the Warhammer 40k decks, Diz is back from break. Diz, how was your episode off? Well, I was... Nobody cares, just get on with the news. Yeah, thanks. Since you were just talking about the set, we'll start with the Unfinity mechanics. First up, sticker sheets. Each sticker set has three name stickers, three art stickers, two ability stickers, and two power and toughness stickers. All of these stickers are additive except for power and toughness, so you can't remove words from a card's name, but you can make it stronger. The stickers can be awarded through other cards or cards that instruct you to sticker it yourself. Can I make my opponent's creature weaker instead of making mine stronger? You cannot. The official ruling is that you can't sticker things you don't own, so if an opponent steals something of yours to cast that gets a sticker, they won't be able to add it. Interesting balance idea. I'd like to take the time to remind listeners that the stickers won't be like the kind kids put on their closet doors that never come off, but more akin to a post-it. That's correct. Our new mechanic is... hats. You heard that right. It's all about the hats now. There will be some cards that give bonuses based on whether or not a card has a hat, and some of the stickers will also bring a hat to a hatless card. We know Loading Ready Run did names and flavor text for this set, as well as being the first major body to do a hat-themed magic draft. It makes me wonder if there's any correlation. We may never know. We also may someday know. But that's all the new mechanics to Unfinity, so let's migrate over to Warhammer 40k. These four decks are all uniquely thematic, and that's where the mechanics come into play. The Tyranid Swarm deck is a green-blue-red creature-heavy deck with creature-type matters cards like Icon of Ancestry and Herald's Horn. The Ruinous Powers deck features red-black-blue cards all geared to a Cascade theme, including recognizable reprints like the Tuminous Blast and Deny Reality. Necron Dynasties is a mono-black deck that functions very much like a zombie deck but has powerhouse staples like Cage Sun, Darkness, and Living Death. It's also a very artifact-heavy deck. The fourth deck, Forces of the Imperium, uses blue-black-white tokens as its primary strategy, and with reprints like Martial Coup, Hour of Reckoning, and Reconnaissance Mission, it's sure to be a tough deck to beat. Get? Thank you, Diz! We're off to our first break, but when we come back, more Disappointment to Mount Magic 30, an update on the upcoming worlds, and more. trying to find a way to finance your new house? Do you need to send your child to college or a parent to the home? These major life expenses can pile up. Shoddy, cut-rate lenders like Grinko always ask for more than you can give. Here at the First Planer Bank of Orzov, we can give you very fair terms. For that new house, we could give you an 80-year mortgage with the option to pay early or to work off your debt as a door greeter ghost like the famed Agris Coast. If you bank with us, you'll never have to worry your soul about your finances. First Planer Bank of Orzov We'll take care of you forever. Welcome. 
welcome back. Magic 30, the milestone anniversary party Watsy is throwing for Magic's 30th birthday, that somehow still takes place during their 29th year, has been the most controversial event so far of 2022. With ticket sales starting off as, well, a train wreck for people who wanted to actually go, as well as a lack of clarity on what, if any, side events will be available, the community complaints about the event are surprisingly well-founded. And we all know how rarely complaints from this community actually have a solid foundation. Very. Very indeed. On Wednesday the 21st, more information about the event was brought to us. Specifically, about the cosplay contest. A long-standing complaint against magic events in general is the lack of direct cosplay or cosplayer support. So, when WotC initially said they were sponsoring a contest for Magic 30, the community had an overall pleasant reaction. But much like the other aspects of Magic 30 so far, the details for the contest are something of a letdown. To put it lightly. It was the age of hope and the age of disappointment. It was the epoch of belief in wizards. It was the epoch of disappointment in their end results. It was the season of borderless foil shocklands and the season of Magic 30. Why precisely are you reading A Tale of Two Cities? I'm not. I don't like most of the classics. Anyway, the prizes for the cosplay contest were not well received by the community. Well, how can you not be excited over a top prize of a $200 Joanne Fabric gift card, free passes to an upcoming event, and a hotel voucher? Your sarcasm delivery is actually coming along very nicely. Thank you. I work out. Yes, it shows. But unfortunately, listeners, you heard that correctly. That's the actual grand prize for the cosplay contest. And whereas other prizes or giveaways Watsi has done in the past were met with a resounding meh, this one is blatantly disappointing. People have certainly been poking fun at the prize pool, including those known for cosplay in the community like Christine Sprankle. Ben Ulmer from Loading Ready Run and Charlotte of the CAG have both shown the popular meme of an inflatable pool used as a ball pit. Which always invokes a cringe and a wave of disappointment. Oh, for the days of innocence of yore, when we still believed the internet could successfully run a convention. Has anyone ever believed that? I mean, lots of people went to DashCon. That was kind of the whole problem. I think it's kind of the problem here, too. Others still have taken a more serious approach and done a side-by-side -side comparison of this contest and the League of Legends one hosted by Riot Games. Oh, there's no comparison between them. Why would I trade my shot at a gift card for a shot at a $5,000 cash prize? That's just insanity. This feels like a great time to remind our listeners that if you want to participate in a different cosplay contest in an event that goes to help charity, Oktoberfest is still open for registration. That reminds me, I wonder if anyone's made magic-themed beer. I'm sure someone somewhere has. Because of Rule 34? Dear Lord, no. Why do you know about Rule 34? That's the one that says if it exists, there's a beer named after it. I know a lot of people who That is brew. not what that rule is. Really? Really? What is it? I'll tell you when you're older, Kit. People keep telling me that. Next up, we have ISO to bring us up to date on what the heck competitive events look like. ISO? 
Thank you, Kit. First up is the reminder that Arena Championship 1 takes place this Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 9 EST on Saturday. The championship brings the opportunity for money and a seat at the Magic World Championship. Due to our recording timeline, we'll have results next time. Happening alongside the championship is a bonus play-in event that will allow players to use pre-constructed decks from the actual tournament. This event begins at the same time as the championship and can earn players a slot in the October Qualifier Weekend, held October 15th and 16th. Speaking of the World Championship, we're fast approaching the event itself. Held at the ever-soaring Magic 30 event, the event will determine who the best competitive player this season is. The formats will be Dominaria United Booster Draft, Traditional Standard, and Traditional Explorer, so a healthy mix of digital and paper magic. Thus far, there are 16 qualified participants from all over the world qualified through a mixture of events. These players are Yuta Takahashi, Yuki Ichikawa, Rigu Kumagai, Yawakaike, Simon Gortzen, Toru Saito, Zachary Kane, Eli Cassis, Yudai Miyano, Zach Dunn, Ji Yimin, Johnny Goodman, Gian Emmanuel de Praz, Greg Orange, Yuma Koizumi, and Drew Baker. There are still slots to be filled and we'll be sure to tell you when they are. Jank. Thank you, ISO. That takes us. <clears throat> That takes us right up to our second break, and when we return, brand new info about the RC expansion. Hi, Joyra here. Do you ever find yourself in need of a ride in a hurry? Maybe you need to get to church in Benalia, but you're still on vacation in the mountains of Ataria. Well, have I got the service for you. Introducing Joyra's Weatherlift Taxi Service, the fastest airship on Dominaria at your disposal. All you have to do is send the signal, and we'll be there with Slimefoot and the gang. We can get you from Yabamaya to Koilos, or from Urborg to Lanawar. Not only faster, but at a reasonable rate, and with only a minimum risk of running into cabal forces. Joyra's Weatherlift Taxi Service. We're here to get you there. Welcome back! Our next story! As we've addressed earlier this episode, as well as many times across past ones, magic players love complaining. While those complaints are often baseless or superficial, the community occasionally hits on a very fair one. Or in the case of this episode, more than occasionally. True. Disappointing, but true. One such complaint has been long held by the community, and that is that the Commander Rules Committee, or RC, needs to be something other than the same for independently wealthy white men. Honestly, that's a valid stance for a lot of organizations. Isn't it, though? In any event, the RC has finally listened as Monday the 12th saw an announcement of two brand new members. With that, we'd like to formally congratulate Olivia Gobert-Hicks and Jim LePage on their new positions. And while these appointments were overall well-received, it did raise different diversity concerns. Namely, the seeming lack of POC or queer members. Most people acknowledge that the addition of even one woman is a step forward for the RC, but they also acknowledge that the governing body of Commander could still do both better and more. The RC themselves acknowledged this, 
saying that while this may not be the version people want, they are still working towards a more ideal version of themselves. They also pointed people to the CAG to remind them that that body exists as well. Though, since the CAG doesn't have any official decision-making power for the format, some players were still dissatisfied with that response. All we can really do is wait to see what the RC's next move is. And hope it's the right one. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.